First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't generate amusing holiday cards, but it will personalize career paths for your people and let you know which suppliers are best so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This is The New Way We Work from Fast Company Magazine, where we take listeners on a journey through the changing landscape of our work lives and explain exactly what we need to build the future we want. I'm Fast Company Deputy Editor, Kate Davis. Earlier this season, I talked to New York Times columnist Jessica Gross, and we talked about a piece that she wrote called The Hour Between Babe and Hag. The article examines gendered ageism. Jessica writes that there seems to be about 10 years when a woman can hope to be taken seriously at work, roughly from the age 35 to 45. On either end of that, women are more likely to face ageism, on one side for being perceived as being too young, and on the other side for being past their prime. Although the EEOC defines ageism as being discriminated against for being over 40, many young people, women especially, find themselves not being taken seriously in professional settings. Just as their older counterparts, they may often end up trying to conceal their age. For this episode, we wanted to hear from two women on either side of that safe period and how they've experienced ageism in their careers. Liz Fleming founded a nonprofit performing arts company that she's been running for seven years. She founded the company in her mid-20s and has had to deal with some people not taking her seriously as a young woman in a leadership role. Disclosure, Liz is married to the show's producer, Joshua Christensen. She talked to her mentor and friend, Lil, who spent 35 years working as an apparel sales executive. We are omitting Lil's last name at her request. Lil recently was laid off due to downsizing and has started a new career in real estate. Here is their conversation. So Liz, you started uh, a, a, a very pretty significant, in my opinion, challenging business in your 20s, which you can explain more about. And did people take you seriously in your 20s? You, you bit off a lot. And I'm sure there are a lot of older, more experienced people that you're coming up against. I mean, did you have trouble in that regard? Yeah, uh, lots of trouble, (laughs) especially when I first started. I remember I started with an equity meeting going to the Actors Union, and I set up through email this in-person meeting with actually a woman there. And I said, you know, hey, I would love to meet with you to understand all of these different contracts. Would you be willing to meet with me? And she said, sure, yeah, sounds great. I'm like really excited to meet with you. Can't wait to connect. And I showed up and I think she thought that I was going to be in my mid-30s, 40s, something like that. And I was like 20, I think at the time I was like 25 maybe. And she kind of gave me this look and it was kind of like, oh, hi, you know, like... (laughs) Right, right. Uh, you're the one coming yeah. for this meeting. And I sat down with her and she kind of talked to me like I was in kindergarten. Like I said, you know, I had this idea. And she's like, well, you know, it's really hard to do that. You know, it's really hard to create these contracts and to do that and to pay full salaries. You know, you have to, you have to raise money for that. Like I didn't know <laughs> that you had to do that. And I was like, no, I, I know, I know I have to do that. And it kind of became like an ongoing theme, especially as I was starting. You know, I would send an email about something, have a meeting about something, and people would be surprised when I would show up and I would be this kind of young person. And it would take some acclimating. And of course, there were lots of people who believed that I could do it, but 
it was a lot of like disbelief. And I initially, it, yeah, yeah, and it's still that way. I mean, every every time I meet someone for the first time, they're a little surprised that. That especially you're not, that you're not like a 45 or 50 year yeah, old. Yeah, <laughs> especially, and especially as you grow, people right. assume that you're, you right. know, either a man or that you're, <laughs> <laughs> or that you're um, a, like an older woman and you're like right. 40s, you know, right. something like that. So, yeah. So, Lil, when you were starting out with the industry that you started in, did you ever experience any kind of similar experiences that I have experienced? Uh, well, yes and no. No automatically because it's generationally very different. When I started out in the workforce, and it was not the arts, it was uh, corporate America, we're talking late 70s, early 80s. I was not taken seriously at all. I was just a young chickadee that was expected to do whatever the guy who was in charge told me to do. And yes, I'm sure age had a big part to do with that. I was a young girl, but it's also because I was a girl and I wasn't a young man. I don't think this is my original coining of the phrase, but I did coin it when I finally turned 30. In fact, I have a photo of myself sitting in the office with flowers, you know, they had a party for me and everything. And I just looked at everybody and said, well, I guess now I'm finally legitimate. And it still took probably another five, six, seven years until I truly was legitimate. But I felt like a turning point from 20s to 30. Like, okay, now people have to take me seriously because I'm 30. Because the 20s is a tough year. I I don't know. I'm not a man. I don't know what it is for young men. But yeah, definitely not taken seriously for my age. But at that time in the workforce, not taken seriously because of my gender as well. Yeah. So Liz, you talk about in your youth, in your 20s particularly, you found that people looked down on you. Did you ever confront anyone who who made you feel this way? Yeah, I did. I had this one experience with um, an individual who is pretty well-known in our industry, well-respected, and um, he wanted to work together on a project that my company had done that was very successful. And they wanted to make a movie version of it and I had created that show and its development for a couple of years. And this new sort of man came in and said, you know, I want to produce. I want to be a producer on this. And, you know, I would like to produce with you. Of course, then realizing that he was expecting me to do all of the work and do all of the heavy lifting. And then he would just show up at the meetings and tell everybody what to do and act as if he was producing. It was very strange. I had never quite experienced something quite like that before. But I remember being in a meeting and I was the person who had created the whole group dynamic. I had hired everybody and we were on this Zoom having a production meeting. And I remember he, he said to me, hey, Liz, um, so I'm going to need you to take notes for the meeting. And I was like, oh, okay. He was like, I need you to take notes and then send them to me after the meeting. And I realized that I was his PA. Mm-hmm. I had found the project, created the whole thing, found the person funding the project, and he was going to be in charge and tell everybody what to do. And I was the PA. Which is production assistant. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is what it feels like mm-hmm. to really be in. Now, may I ask a question? Yeah. Do you think that was because of your youth? Your gender or both? I think it was both. Mm-hmm. I think it was both. Because if you had been, I don't know how old you were, but let's say late 20s male, mm-hmm. you don't feel he probably would have treated you that yeah, way. Yeah, I don't. I don't. And I, I even will say if I had maybe even been older 
in terms of my age as a woman, I think there would have been a little bit of a, a difference. Right, right. But probably not by much. I mean, it was very telling to mm-hmm. what the power dynamic what his, was going to be. What his headset was. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I actually confronted him about it at one point because it kind of blew up in all of our faces because I was doing all the work and everybody was seeing he wasn't doing the work. And we had a discussion about it. And I told him about that moment where he told me to take notes. And he was like, well, I would never, ever belittle women in that way. And I was like, but you did. Right, exactly. (laughs) I was like, this is the project I found. And I created the whole thing. My baby. And I found the funding for it. And now you're telling me to take notes for you. Yeah, you sit in the corner and take notes. (laughs) Yeah, you be quiet and don't say anything. Right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yep. Do you think at this point in your career, you're being given or will be given the same opportunities that a man does now with what you're doing? I have many peers my age that have been in corporate America as I have been and in a business environment. And they all say to a person that once they got to a certain age, which was definitely north of 60, they were no longer as valued. And I have watched at least five of my friends, lose their jobs, not necessarily because of their age, but just for circumstance sake, downsizing, lost their job, company went out of business, whatever. And then because of their age, could not get reemployed. And I was one of the last of my immediate pod of of workmates that I've worked with over the years. But it recently happened to me. I made a very big job, a position change, right before COVID hit, literally, March of 2020. My gosh. We then all went, you know, remote as we did and struggled to stay alive. And it was a great position. Everything about it was great. There was supposed to be a very successful equity buyout after two years. It was a great package. But COVID happened, which changed the dynamics of all of that. And I, my position was downsized at the end of 2021. That's when I realized I was now victim of what I had seen all of my friends be victim of. I didn't lose my job because of my age, but my age made me unemployable. Mm. I still had the same brains, the same energy, the same, you know, ability to negotiate and relationship build. I mean, none of my skill sets changed. And it's all unspoken. It's not like anyone says, oh, well, you're not employable because you're north of 60. I don't even know if they know that they're doing it. Yeah. It's just that it's so common. I see it among all of my peer group. It's so common. It's a real thing. Mm. And we even say to each other, in fact, the phrase we used to each other, well, I was aged out. That's exactly the phrase we used. I was aged out. Well, do you think attitudes in the workplace are changing with new generations entering the workforce? Are you hopeful that my generation will fare better than yours? You know, I think there's a yes and a no to that. You know, I have a young adult daughter, basically your peer, And I often have said to her, I'm sorry, I'm emotional. How lucky you, your generation is that you don't have to be faced with the sexual bullshit that we did. Mm -hmm. Let me get a grip on myself. I think, unfortunately, women continue to be seen as lesser beings than men. I don't know why. You know, you see what's happening in politics across America. It seems to be confirming that, Mm -hmm. you know, now we're losing the rights of our own bodies. So somehow or another, we are still the second-class citizens. Is it much, much improved? Oh, my Lord, yes. And it's improved because now the male gender has been put on notice 
that they can be sued and they can be held accountable for treating us as something less than equals. But that's the overt. I think there still is a lot of covert discrimination uh, between men in the workforce and women in the workforce. And I'm really, quite frankly, not sure what will ever fix that. Yeah. As even you now say, yeah. that whole conversation you just had with that gentleman who was treating you as the PA when it was your project. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he was even consciously aware of what he was no, doing. No, I think that's mostly the case. Yeah. I think that's the truth is, is that it's just the way that it is. It's not intentional. I mean, there are so right. many men that I know that are that are good kind people, people <laughs> right. that will, in a second, you know, talk to you in a way that feels so... Uh, demeaning, demeaning, mm-hmm. and authoritative, and you're the boss, <laughs> right? Exactly. You're the one in charge. You're the one that's paying everybody. And you're thinking, and I think to myself, well, is it something that I did? Mm-hmm. Is it something that I said? Mm-hmm. And then you realize, wait a minute, no, I've just been, I've just been bullied, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know how to fix it either because it's it's everywhere, even with pe- with men that I love to mm-hmm. work with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a a power dynamic that I'm not sure how we address and change. Yeah, and that's the interesting part because we have all these laws now to protect us in the workplace to not be discriminated against and, you know, all the, you know, made to feel that you have to sleep with someone to to advance your position. But then the covert discrimination, I I don't know how you fix that. I don't either. It's so ingrained in our in our seems society. Yeah, I mean, even I got an email a couple of weeks ago um that was through our email address asking if they could get in touch with my associate artistic director thinking that they were the leader of the organization because I think they just assumed that it was was the man. man. So he had to be the leader. Right. Um, And I had to write back and be like, actually, no, I am. And, you know, gave my name and all of that. And they're like, oh, so sorry. But I just think it's just... But it was like, it was just like... Yeah. It was was innocent. It was an innocent discrimination. Exactly. But it's just so ingrained Mm -hmm. in our system for so long. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how we change it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I don't either. It's better, but it's not perfect. And I think we just have to keep vigilant and and keep pushing back. It's all I can think to do. Yep. Yeah. And that's all for this episode. If you're a new listener, be sure to subscribe to The New Way We Work wherever you listen. And if you like this episode, leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. And we want to hear from you. Work is changing every day. What's the most pressing issue on your mind? Email us at podcast at fastcompany.com or tweet us with the hashtag The New Way We Work. The New Way We Work was produced by Joshua Christensen with editing by Nicholas Torres. 